welcome to episode 62 of Slaytanic Vercast. I'm Mo from France, and to my west, broadcasting live from Novak Djokovic's COVID detention centre in Melbourne, is Dr. Nick Wessens. Hey, do, Doc. <laughs> the silly bugger, what the fuck did he expect? <laughs> Go um, on, Doc. Uh, well... Like, did he expect some exception to be made to the laws of a nation state mm-hmm. just for him? Mm-hmm. Um, I know athletes have big egos, um, but really, mm-hmm. really, I think he was kind of making a point, and I think the American, the, the Australian government are kind of making a point in return. Um, I think there's a message being sent you know, to the unvaccinated, um, you know, a continuation of Macron's theme of emerde, you know, we're going to cause you shit, basically. I think that's the the Australian government's stance. And I think Djokovic's stance was, I know I'm not going to get in. No, I I, I don't think he expected to get in for a second. I know I'm not going to get in and I'm just going to make a fucking point. That's my take on it. Um, right. Um, what a fuck stupid point, and what a fuck stupid man. Well, we'll have to agree to disagree because you know that's not that's not my stance at all. Um, but it's very very interesting, you know, somebody somebody that high profile, um, effectively kind of being being made an example of. It's, it's interesting, Doctor Me. What's someone high profile being expected to um, obey the laws of the country they want to visit? Yeah, but you know, I, w- I would imagine, Doc. I would imagine, and I'm pulling this this out of my arse. You know, um, I would imagine, let's say, 60 percent of visa applications could be refused if the authorities chose to absolutely apply the letter of the law, you know, like an I is not dotted, a T is not crossed, whatever. Um, but they don't normally. Um, but, but, but here was, 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 you know, was, it was an opportunity to, to send a message. I, I still don't get, I, 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 I still don't get what message. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I literally don't get it. Well, the um, message is, for, for me, Doc, the message is, if you're unvaccinated, you're a fucking pariah of society and we're going to treat you like shit. That's the message that seems to be coming from, from left, right and centre at the moment. Um, what? Not um, because you're wealthy and generally privileged, you should be able to get away with fighting laws of a nation state. No, because well, no, I, I, the, 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 my original point, I don't think he ever expected to be allowed entry. <laughs> so I, I think he decided to waste kind of 48 hours of his life, um, you know, to, to make a, po- a principal point that, it, you know, that, that he believes in. Whether we agree with it or not, Doc, you know, I think, that, I think that's the, the, the decision that he, that he took. Um, I think he behaved like all wealthy and overprivileged people do. Mm. Assume that a special case would be made for him, and it wasn't. Mm. Um, and I mean, to, to talk about being confined and imprisoned is clearly ludicrous. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I I believe there's a repatriation camp for um, 
illegal immigrants somewhere near Melbourne. Mm. Um, I think that's where you'll find people being confined and imprisoned who sort of attempted to enter countries illegally. Well, I imagine, I imagine his, his, his morning platter of goose egg kind of, yeah. you know, kind of helps help, help salve the soul a little bit, Doc. Yeah, I'll, yeah um, I'll, I'll really want that one. I mean, it's, it's no different to the kind of people who go on protest marches so they can get a very minor citation for civil disobedience and look cool in front and, and, and look cool in front of girls, is it? Mm, mm. Um, yeah, you know, I, 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 I'm kind of on his side, Doc. That's the thing, you know. Good for him. Good for you, no, just You fucking stick it to him. It just makes protesting look bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just makes earnest acts of protest look silly and ludicrous and laughable. I'll only, um, I'll only be cross with him if he if he backs down, basically. If, 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 if he complies, then I'll be cross with him, Doc. Well, he's got nothing to back down from, has he? Uh, you know, what, is, is his liberty seriously in danger? Is, is his staggering wealth seriously in danger? Mm. I mean, he's, he's not risking a damn thing. That's true. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, people kind of make the same argument about uh, J.K. Rowling, you know, her kind of stance um, in like, the transgender argument. You know, people make the same argument there, don't they, that she's, you know, she can, she, you know, she can air her views publicly, irrespective of, you know, any consequences, because, you, you know, her ivory tower is so fucking tall, it makes no difference. Well, I mean, in neither of these cases is it like sitting on the fr- uh, uh, sitting at the front of the bus in Alabama in 1958. Now, is it? No, you're right. There's no Rosa Park. Oh, Doc, you're correct um, on that. It's people who are already at the top of the tree um, and have benefited from the system so far, playing at politics, playing at radical protest, mm. um, trying to get some cool, uh, some, uh, uh, some cool points, and I fucking wish they wouldn't. But they can't win, can they, Doc? Because if they do nothing and, and, and don't care, then, 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 you know, then they're kind of elitist fuckers that don't care about the like, normal people. But if they do but take a stance, but if, but if they do take a stance, then, the, the, then that's the accusation. So they can't win, can they, Doc? Um, but uh, the elite um, who achieve their elite status by excellence in sport or excellence mm. in business or excellence in whatever, mm. um, I don't think many people begrudge them that elite status. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean... So, so your objection is that they're kind of dabbling in things that's not their metier, effectively? They're, they're playing at it. They're just yeah. fucking playing at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. From a safe position. Yeah. Um, yeah. And knowing they've got a safe place to retreat to. Sure. Yeah. There's no um, jeopardy, is there? No. Um, I mean, um, let's say, uh, trying to pick someone off the top of my head, Muhammad Ali took very, very real risks with his sure. career and his personal safety and his livelihood. Yeah. Um, Did he go to prison, Doc? Remind me. Um, I don't know. I'm going to have to do some research. That's all right. We'll chat on it for next time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's that's a person you can respect. That's a protest that that, that you can respect. Mm. Um, spending four days in a hotel room. Um, I mean, you know what? What I'm curious to know is, um, like, what what what's his room service like? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 
spending four days in a hotel room um, in a country where, where, where the vast majority of the citizens have been severely restricted for, what, the best part of 12 months now? Uh, yeah, I mean, stuff like that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've got precious little patience with these fucking fun fairs and circuses. Um, if people want to support that kind of thing, um, well, that's fine. But I, would I actually care if there was never a large-scale professional sports tournament in the world? Nah, I really wouldn't. Mm. What, what, what do you mean? You, you, you'd be okay if, like, um, I don't know, the Ashes never happened, the World Cup never happened? That, that, that would be all right, would it? I, I wouldn't miss the World Cup. No? That's a joke. Mm. Um, the Ashes, I don't even think, is a particularly large scale professional sports tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if all footballers' salaries were capped forever at £200,000 a year. Yeah. Oh, um, yes. Now you're talking. Uh, you know, it might get some people involved who are actually interested in being sportsmen instead of millionaires. Mm. Oh, Doc, now you're talking. Doc, what a political start to the episode. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that bit of repartee. Um, what have you been up to in general? Um, working for a fucking living, mate. Oh, <laughs> all right. Novak, you can learn a thing or two, you motherfucker. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't resist that no, one. Sorry. Right, <laughs> I literally couldn't resist that one. Um, uh yeah um i if this were a vodcast instead of a podcast mm. um i would be like doing doing my irony rabbit ear fingers of course um, yeah. on either side of my head now yeah um, and you'd be able to see me so you, you you're, you're just gonna have to imagine me doing that um <laughs> just uh, trying as best i can to not involve myself with the cold weather any more than i have to um i hate winter I particularly hate this part of winter. Mm. Um, I don't even mind the cold weather, um, but the relentless grey murk and the the lack of ultraviolet light. Yeah. Um, and being surrounded by people who, through no fault of their own, are every bit as miserable and sick of the whole thing as I am. Um, I need to find something positive to say about this. I am actually in, genuinely impressed with the railway companies this week. Oh, yes? Um, well, you know what they've done, mate? You know what they've done? Hang they've, on. Um, have they got the... Like Mussolini, have they got the trade running on time? They've amended their timetable and they've published a restricted service which they can actually keep to. Oh, there we go. That's very, very, very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead um, of pretending. Instead of pretending to have five trains an hour, um, of which three don't turn up. Mm. And when they do, they've only got two cars each to yeah. service a thousand people. Yeah. <laughs> um, they lay claim to only having two trains per hour. And when they come, they've got five cars and they're on time. There we go. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. um, so um, I really, really do like to hand out um, the, uh, the accolades. Um, and I'm sure being complimented by me means a great deal to somebody. I'm sure you're right. Great Western <laughs> Railway. The CEO must be applauding right now, Doc, right now. Yeah. I, 
I've had a funny old day. I had to go to work really early. I had to start at five o'clock. So I got up at quarter to four um, in the morning. That's right. Um, and quarter to four, the alarm went off. I got. I woke up. I got, kind of got up, went downstairs, put the kettle on, rolled a fag, let the dog out <coughs> to go and have a wee and <coughs> smoked my cigarette and then noticed as the dog was, was, was trying to come back in that his entire back end was covered in shit. Um, so, so I woke up at quarter to four. And by four o'clock, I was in the fucking shower cleaning cleaning poo off, off the back end of the dog's arse, man. What a start to the day. What a humanitarian you are. I know. I've got no idea what he did. But whatever whatever he did, it ended up with his with his posterior caked in crap. Um, um, my second piece of admiration for tonight goes out to, um, I don't want to say pet owners, um, human beings who coexist with animals and who actually look after them. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's um, a good, all I can I mean, say is, all I can say, Doc, as I, was do, as I was cleaning him up, I was thinking, it's a good, it's a fucking good job you're cute, mate. Otherwise, you'd be out the fucking door. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Doc, what are we do tonight? Um, it's that kind of special. It is. So, um, just to remind the listeners, um, as we complete each Slayer album in order, um, we have a one-week retrospective. Um, two weeks later, uh, we have a mystery album. Oh, that's um, right. Oh, forgot occasion, about that. On this occasion, Mo is going to pick. Oh, you're right. I totally forgot about that, Doc. Yeah, I need, I need to get my uh, thinking cap on. Yeah. Yeah, and in between the album retrospective and the mystery album, the, the, the off-topic mystery album, um, we uh, try to find interesting, worthwhile cover versions um, of the songs on the album we've just reviewed. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally, we like to find ones in a completely different style. Mm-hmm. Not um, always possible. Not always possible. Um, or if we can't find ones in a completely different style, then just ones that have a new or original interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the new interpret the, the, the new and original interpretation um, might be, for instance, being played really, really badly. <laughs> I think my fa- I think my favourites um, from from recent memory. I think we had um, South of Heaven was played by a Russian lass and yes. a Malaysian a Malaysian lass, and they were shredding yes. the fuck out of that, and that was great. Um, yeah. There was a guy that did I think it was spill the blood on the cello only. Yeah, that was great. Um, and then and, and, and the Tori Amos. Raining Blood version was... Re- uh, now, I'm not saying I really liked it, but it was very, very interesting. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, um, have we forgotten to mention the mighty Vor? Well, Vorg, yeah. But, 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 I, I did caveat it with recent memory, because that's going right the way back to, to Show No Mercy, isn't it? Yeah, but I enjoyed that so much. I just feel yeah. the, the, the need to mention the mighty Vore literally yeah. every chance I get because that was great. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Go back. Yeah. Just, just go and listen. Guys, just go and listen to Vorg. Turn this off. Fuck this nonsense. Go and listen to Vorg instead. It's much more interesting. <laughs> 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 Shall we get into it, Doc? Yeah, I think we should. Well, 
welcome to part two of the show. Uh, as we've just been discussing, a bit different this week. We're not, we're not listening to a particular track. We're going to go through the tracks in order, but being played by different artists. Now, here's the thing. Oh, we're skipping topic of the week this week. I think so. Let's just go. No, I think we're both, a bit, we're both a bit shattered, aren't we? We just kind of want to get this kind of done and done and dusted, really, as much as we enjoy it. Um, now, we've only managed to find eight of the ten tracks. Um, Hallowed Point, we couldn't find anything for. And Temptation, we couldn't find anything for. I mean, of course, there were plenty of like bedroom geniuses playing this kind of shit, but nothing actually, nothing actually interesting. Doc. <laughs> yeah, you know, what I'm saying. you're going to get so many people are going to be angry that you've said that. I think it's <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? These fucking wankers never touched a tit in their fucking life. You know what I'm talking about, Doc. So, inevitably, first up is track number one from Seasons in the Abyss, which is, of course, War on Soul. Oh, I want to say something, by the way, as well. Um, I have not heard any of these tracks, with the exception of track number one, which I already knew existed, and I already knew that I wanted this to be the choice. So, But after this one, everything else is totally fresh for both me and the doc. So it's kind of first time listens for, for both of us. Um, yeah. But this first one was so inevitable. Um, it's one ensemble. It's by one Richard Cheese. Here we go. Death ensemble burial to be Corpses rotting through the night In bloodless misery Scorched earth, the policy The reason for the siege The pendulum that shades the blade The scraping air blood rage Support the war War support Final swing is not a drill People I can't kill. I mean, you know, I think it's fucking marvellous, Doc. I think it's genuinely marvellous. I have a great deal of you might you in particular might think it's a surprising degree of tolerance for um these sort of what should we say like um way out of time. I mean, way out of their chronological time. I don't mean they can't keep time because clearly they can. Yeah. Um, like sort of swingy, big bandy lounge acts uh, mm -hmm. doing die straight covers of songs from other genres. Sure. Um, I I always find that point number one a really interesting bulwark against people who try and claim that it's not proper songwriting. Mm -hmm. um, you know and. and Probably not so much nowadays, but when 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 I were a wee lad, um, you'd always sort of get someone um, in retrospect probably trying to wind me up. Oh, uh, you'd never get uh, you'd never get Frank Sinatra touching that with a barge pole. Mm -hmm. it, 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 they, they, they're proper songwriters in those days. Um, so it's really interesting to me that with with very very few changes to the the basic chord structure and the basic harmonic structure, 
and very few changes to the basic song. Um, yes, you can. Yeah. You sure. can absolutely oh, yeah. relate it to something that Frank Sinatra would sing. My, my argument against that has always been, well, I'll tell you what, play it on the acoustic guitar and see how it sounds there. And then, to your ears, you'll think it sounds like a proper song, you ignorant fucking twat. There's some stuff for which that falls... Uh, I mean, um, one of my go-tos, you'd have a really hard job um, playing a Spaceman 3 track on an well, acoustic guitar point. now. Yeah, that's a good point, Doc. Yeah, any, kind of, any, any noise kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, um, anything with very sustained drones. Mm. Um, uh, anything anything for which the normal roles of the pedal rack being an accessory for the guitar mm-hmm. are reversed. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, a really, really great observation. <laughs> so the guitar is supplementary to the pedals. Yes. That's great. Your pedal board is actually your instrument. You've got yeah. like this fucking plank of wood in your hands as That's well. That's brilliant. Yeah, I love Stupid that. Thing. Love that. Um, yeah. Uh, Spaceman 3 in particular took this to such a ludicrous extent that, um, that they were so disinterested in playing the keyboard, they would apparently like uh, get some sticky tape and tape some keys down on mm. the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, but I, I really, really enjoy, I, I mean, I, I enjoy it in its own right. I have a surprisingly high tolerance for... Um, I'll call it lounge music. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll call it like, yeah, 50s hotel lounge music. Mm-hmm. I have a surprisingly high tolerance for it played straight as well. I mean, um, I like proper jazz um, and I I like fake jazz. I like cheesy pretend jazz as well. Mm. I think you're perfectly okay to call it lounge because these guys do. In fact, the full name for the band is Richard Cheese and Lounge Against the Machine. So there you go. Oh, yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and because I'm me, I think doing it, I, a couple of days ago, we talked about how I've, I've never quite got my head around the real meaning of the word camp. And I've never mm-hmm. really got my head around the meaning of the word kitsch either. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, I know the big difference is camp is good and we like camp and we don't like kitsch. Um, and the, the, the two concepts that I've, I've never been able to completely separate or completely define in my own mind. Mm. This, I suspect, um, people would describe as kitsch. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I... Give me a definition, Doc, of kitsch in your understanding, because I've got an idea in my head. Let's see if, it, let's see if they tally. Um, when I was on, like cultural exchange from secondary school um, in the in one of those countries that no longer exists, the the, the, the Federal Republic of Germany. Mm. Um, the translation people always, like literally multiple people gave to me was um, tacky. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's wrong, but I, I, I don't think it's the full story. I, I don't think it goes to the, I, I don't think it goes nearly as deeply as what German people feel when they say something is kitsch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I describe it as an assiduous removal of anything that might be remotely confrontational or antagonistic or upset anyone to the point that the artifact you're left with doesn't communicate anything at all. 
That's very interesting, Doc. When I think of kitsch, I think of design more than anything else. Right. And style. Um, so, for example, um, like, a, like a living, like, like a, if, if you watch, let's say, some news footage from the 1970s mm-hmm. where the reporter goes into somebody's house um, you know, and interviews like real people, and we see like real people's living rooms. Very often, it'll be like orange and brown and green, like garish green stuff going on. Um, yeah. You know, which to modernise looks totally unstylish, put terrible design, really unflattering kind of colour combinations. And to me, that's kitsch, where it's, you know, it's 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 something that is outdated by means of design effectively um okay. at the time so, at the time it was acceptable but it has not just not has not temporally transported right so uh, this this is a really important point mm. this, I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you or, or, or sort of challenging in any way shape or form so in your opinion kitsch must uh, it, it's impossible for a contemporary object to be kitsch well i think it, I think it can be like deliberately kitschy, but 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 that's kind of by design, you know. That it's a deliberate effort to do that. This is really interesting, and um, there's um, another time when I want to get into this because this, mm. this, this will stand a good deal of discussion. Um, I'm going to. I, I don't want to have the last word. I'll let you have the last word. I don't. Th- this is what I think it does have in common with camp mm. or. Our brew or anything like that. I don't think you. I don't think anyone can set out to make a kitsch object. Right. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I. I can't think of it because because I'm not really into kind of design stuff. I can't think of of an example to to contradict you, really, Doc. So. I mean, let's. I'm trying to pick an example of something that we can both agree is kitsch. Mm-hmm. Do you know those? decorative um then they're, they're not meant to eat off you're meant to hang them on your wall and there's those decorative plates with adorable fluffy kittens on them sure mm-hmm. um those are just about the quintessence of kitsch well yeah uh, I mean, I mean, it, an example i would would say would be like the the um the living room from only fools and horses for example Because I'm pretty sure that has stuff like that in there. You know, it's got like the flying ducks, the three ducks on the wall. It's all kind of horrible, like orange and fucking bile yellow. You see, you know. if, if I had to invent an expression, um, I would I, I, I would call that dessin brut. Dessin brut. Brou. Yes. Brou. Um, so it's... It's an artifact of the people being uneducated and completely clueless about mm-hmm. design. Or about design, yeah. 
So it's like raw design, effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could say natural design or primitive design or mm -hmm. naive design. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think kitsch has to have... Okay, I think we're getting some... Uh, I think it has to be designed with some... The reason I, th I was thinking about the kitten so much is, like, if someone had a picture of a lovely kitten, that wouldn't bother me at all, but you've taken something that um, fundamentally has a use in the household. A plate is a thing that you eat food off. Um, but because you put this painting on it, and because the ink that, that's used is poisonous and the plate is a piece of crap anyway, mm. you've made it useless as a thing that you can eat off. Mm. So mm -hmm. it's, um, you can't even call it fine craft ceramics anymore because you've rendered it useless. Sure, yeah. Um, and, you know, just having a picture of a nice kitten isn't enough. You have to put a fucking pink bow on it and, and, mm. and give it like China doll blue eyes and, and, and stuff that cats don't actually have. Because sure. for whatever reason, a, a nice picture of a kitten just isn't cute and kittenish enough for you. You have, to, you have to improve on it somehow. You have to yeah, improve that, that, that makes me think of when I, when I, in quotes, upgraded my operating system from, I think at the time, maybe Windows NT to Windows Vista, um, my computer became kitsch, Doc. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so um, someone, or presumably a large focus group of well-educated people with a background in marketing and design, um, and I guess the idea was that, like, NT-era windows, uh, it was all square corners um, and high contrast, uh, you know, between the borders, and it, it, it looked too pointy, and it, it, it made computers look scary. Mm -hmm. um, so what they were going to do was round off the corners and use pastel... This is the kind of thing you mean, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, exactly. They're, they're... So you've got that. So, But it, it also rendered the computer almost fucking useless because that operating yeah, right. system was a piece it, of shit. Yeah, so um, in, in an attempt to make it look approachable and inoffensive... Um, they actually stopped the computer from doing the thing that you have a computer for in the first place. <laughs> exactly. You got it done. Yeah, yeah um, you got it. I think we've approached something like consensus there. This is a big topic and that there's something else coming down the pike in a week or two that I, and I, I really want to get into it on this. So I'm going to pause that there. Here we go. Idea, don't we, Doc? Um, yeah, and I promise you this. Um, I love the lung-busting Tom Jones sustain uh, mm. at the end of the middle eight. And mm. I promise you that song uh, is going to be better than whatever piece of crap ends up as the title song for the next James Bond film. Ha-ha. <laughs> That's great, Doc. Yeah, yeah. Um, track two 
here we go. So it's Blood Red, of course. Um, now, this is by a band called Hyper Fury. Let's see what we make of this. I get all tingly, Doc, when I hear this kind of live sound. It just takes you back to the day, doesn't it, man? Well, um, if you hadn't undercut me just then, um, I was going to be terribly witty and I was going to say, Mo, what are you doing? You know how much I hate stuff that sounds over-rehearsed, over-produced, <laughs> multi-tracked, polished to within a, an inch of its fucking life in post-production. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, all you end up with is something that doesn't sound the least bit like those people could ever play it live. I hate stuff like that. I oh, know. You're right. Yeah, and you're right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. You're, you're correct. <laughs> man loving that bass I, I don't think it's by design i suspect it's just because the person fucking filming this particular video is just nearer to the bass cap <laughs> yeah um yeah I, I, do you get the idea that it's someone with like a shoulder mounted video camera who's moving around in the audience and during that bit they just got a bit too close to the bass yeah, I, mean, I mean that's exactly what it is. I, I, I think that's exactly what it is um you know just somebody filming their mates basically um yeah but this band qualify the reason they qualify is because they have a page on Encyclopedia Metallum. So, oh, therefore, yeah, so, you know, so to me, that, that's, that, that's good enough for me, Doc. Um, Hyper Fury, here we go. What do we know about them? They're from America. They're from Memphis, in fact, Tennessee. And their genre is progressive metal. Um, okay. They've been active since 2014, and they're still going. But in that time, they've only pumped out one EP, which is called Diamonds. Um and <clears throat> this track doesn't actually appear on that. So I don't quite know. I presume this is just something that they play live, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And um, why not? As you know, I will roll over to have my belly tickled for stuff that sounds like that. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter how many ages go past and how much better recording equipment gets. There are, certain, the, the, um, there are a few things you can always rely on. One, vocals buried so low in the mix that the guy might just actually be in, he may as well be in the men's toilets shouting. Well, those vocals um, are buried so deep, Doc, that you haven't identified that that's actually a woman singing. Well, I don't blame you. Um, well, I noticed it was a woman doing the intro. Ah, no, the, 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 the actual main vocalist is, is, is female. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but, but, you, but you can't yeah. tell because it is so buried 
it, it's so yeah. it, you know it it's so muffled by everything else that's going on that you just can't tell. Um, and of course, the other thing everyone always remembers from um, seeing like uh, lower league metal bands playing live. Um, the drummer will tend to spend the majority of his modest funds on the biggest, loudest ride stomach he can afford. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the result of which, that like the ride symbol and nothing but that fucking dominates the, the mm. whole entire sound of the drum set. Mm. No, you're right. You're absolutely correct. Uh, do we need any more of that, or what do you reckon? Um, I could listen to it all day, and in fact, I probably will, but maybe we don't. Maybe we don't need it, not in this episode. All right, so track three, we're going Spirit in Black, and this is by a group of, individu of individuals called Blood of the Lannisters. So here we go. Spirit in Black. <clears throat> rendition isn't it doc yeah and uh, i mean it's i i mean this with all of the good spirit i can muster i bet you that was more fun to play than it was to listen to yeah it, it's got no it's got no what's that like intangible quality that we can we it's got no joie de vivre has it doc well no it, it's i can imagine and from the recording quality as well, that's um, a cassette player propped up in the corner of the practice room. Mm. Um, I can imagine that's a great song to play in the practice room or, you know, possibly as your sound check warm up or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably a song that all those guys love to absolute bits. Mm -hmm. um, and they can just have the sort of three and a half moments of cosplay pretending to be Slayer while they play a Slayer song. And, and <laughs> yeah. To reiterate, there is nothing wrong with that at all. Um, anyone who's ever who's listening to this, who's ever been in a band, if they're honest with themselves, got the idea of being in a band because they wanted to copy someone or they wanted to be someone. Mm. Um, nobody who's ever formed an extreme music band um, has done so because they felt the urgent need to be a musician. And that's a great point. I think in... Uh in not last episode but the one before the actual seasons in the abyss track episode i was talking about the fact that you know i was trying to imagine just how fucking cool it must feel to play the track seasons in the abyss live in front of like ten thousand fucking people um and 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 and, and that is the 
that's the image we, we have in our head, isn't it? The, like the first time we pick a guitar up. Yeah, yeah. You know, just just um, just this idea that you know, the, the, you know, I'm going to be the next Jeff Hanneman, basically. Um, or even if you're as just sort of directionlessly performative as I am, um, I want to show off. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we talked about Manic Street Preachers a couple of weeks ago, and I mean that that thing in um, the sort of the seminal Richie interview where someone said like, well, why did you do, jo- join a band in the first place? Um, and he, and you know, he just said, um, because of the legend of, you know, just to, to get close to that legendary allure, just to, to, to possess that kind of magnetism. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for no reason, for, for no reason, like any more valid than vanity. Um, and, I'm not saying that's the only reason that people do it, but I, I think people are being a little bit dishonest if they say that that thing is not a really big component. People who people who want to be really serious musicians and and, and and who are dedicated to music, they start playing piano from like age three or something and mm. or violin, and they stick with that for the rest of their lives. Mm. Um, that, that idea of the, like the allure. Have Have you ever been close to like really famous people, Doc? Uh, not musicians. Um, not musicians. I mean, not just famous people. Generic famous people. But yeah, I mean, uh, politicians and, and and world leaders. Yeah, not those boring fuckers. I mean, like stars. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think I have. Because I have twice in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, once was. <laughs> a very glamorous location of Wolverhampton Civic Hall. Um, mm-hmm. And that was Tori Amos. And another on another occasion was Venice Beach. Um, and, <clears throat> and these two people, a, a, a really flash car pulled up. Not a limo, but like a Lexus or some, you know, some shit like that. And these two people got out. And... I'm not. I'm not joking, Doc. It was like they had fucking halos around them. They yeah. shone. There was like this internal energy beaming from them. I didn't know them from fucking Adam, but I looked at them and I instantly knew. Oh my God, you're famous people, aren't you? Um, and the person I was with knew who they were, and apparently they were they, they were big stars in a soap opera called Melrose Place. Um, now, without even knowing who they were, Doc, it was evident. It's the strangest thing, isn't it? Mm. Um, just that um, the, the radiation that, that certain individuals... And I think that's what people mean when they talk about star quality. Sure. I suppose we also get um, kind of when we, when we fall in love, you know... You know, I, th- I, th- I think a similar thing happens. The person you're in love with just kind of radiates this energy towards you that they don't towards anybody else. Um, but I mean, that's yeah, that, that's a very personal thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, the follow-on question that I, I, I'm really curious to have your answer to is: Do you think that those people become famous and become celebrities and become stars because they naturally radiate that quality, or do you think that that quality is a function of the? Mm-hmm. Do 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 you think it's like re emitted adoration? Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Yeah, is it developed over time, 
almost like reflecting the love back. Well, I'm, I'm thinking about like, uh, you know, the concept of the stone tape, which some people think is an explanation for ghosts. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, is, is it possible for a, a human being to kind of adore, uh, absorb the adoration um, mm-hmm. as if it were like background radiation of some kind and, and then, and then re-emit it? That's great. It's a great idea, Doc. I, I tell you, I experienced something once weird and profound. I went to see um, Marillion um, live maybe 10 years ago, mm-hmm. again at the Wolverhampton uh, Civic Hall. And, <clears throat> you know, I've seen many, many bands live. I've never experienced anything quite like this gig because just the the adoration that their yeah. fans have for this band was tangible it was it was most so like you know so, so steve rothery would kind of step forward and start doing one of his kind of bendy bluesy solos you know which i love by the <laughs> way that's that kind of sounded a bit dismissive you shouldn't because I, I love steve rothery um and 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 you know just just the awe that the crowd had for this band was unlike anything i've ever ever seen they could have they i think they could have told the crowd to do almost anything and the crowd would have obeyed. It was like, it, 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 it's the closest I've ever felt like to being like part of a fucking cult. Well, I, um, when people tell me about stuff like that, I, I'm, I'm always sort of in mind of what it must have been like to have been at one of the original Nuremberg rallies. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think, like, when I've been around something like that where... Um, I'm, I'm normally immune to cultish charisma mm. um, of that kind. And I, I'm, I'm trying to think of somewhere I've been or something I've been to um, where um, I can think of a couple. Um, you really have to keep a firm grip on yourself, not to, you have to keep a really firm grip on, on, on yourself, not to be going along with it. Oh, not, yeah, not to be swept away. I, I lied myself, to be honest. I kind of watched the audience for a bit and they were so kind of absorbed. And I, I was standing on the sto- on the side of the stage where Steve Rother was, was standing. And I just I just bowed down and, and, and fucking worshipped him for 40 minutes. I just got swept along in the, in this kind of cultish idealism, basically. And it was absolutely it was a sensational feeling. This 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 is getting very close to what what Anton LeVay talks about when as, as, as his definition of devil worship you know um, when, when, when he talks about that like what what Satanism is you you make a pact with the thing you're wor- you're worshiping and you make a pact with yourself that what you're going to do is to surrender to it um, but not blindly you know yep. with, with your eyes open um, in the interest of sensation um, in the interest of like nothing more complicated than feeling good. Um, I'm going to surrender to this hysterical situation. Um, I'm going to give myself up to it. Um, but when you do that, you must do it with your eyes open. You must be aware of the fact that you're being like, conned and fooled and deceived and mm-hmm. it's not real. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, apparently that's the, dif- that's the difference between a Satanist and a sucker. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah, um, brother. Hallelujah. Let's have a, let's have a little bit more of... Um... Blood of the Lannisters. Here we go. (laughs) 
it's perfectly serviceable, isn't it, Doc? But I think we've heard enough. Yeah, um, I'm going to stick by um, my original statement. I bet this was more fun to play than it is to listen to. Australian, these guys. Um, uh, genre on Encyclopedia Metallum, crossover, thrash metal. Um, yeah, nothing really much to say. They've got one EP and one single. That's it, Doc. What about lyrical themes, mate? Oh, cool. Do you want to play the game? We've got one, two, um, three, four. Well, um, I'm assuming that darkness is a given. Um, it's not there. Whenever you play. <laughs> oh, it's uh, not there. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give uh, you five shots. See how many you can get. Okay. Um, despair. No. Uh, revenge. You're in the same ball. You're in the right ball, but no revenge. No, you, you, you're getting colder. Okay. Um, all right then. Um, depression or emotion. I mean, it is an emotion. I'm kind of going to give you the hatred. You've been, you've been dancing around. Oh you've been dancing around. <laughs> I said emotion and depression. And I also said darkness. But oh, you, no. you, you, you only grudgingly gave me hatred. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Doug. It's, it's, it's a strict game. But, you know, rules is rules. <laughs> um, I, I think that's my five, actually, so... Well, you, you've had four, but anyway, uh, politics, hatred, humanity, and Game of Thrones. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, hatred and humanity. Yeah, exactly. Quite a juxtaposition there. Yeah. I mean, we, we, uh, we should have guessed uh, Game of Thrones because obviously Lannisters is one of the main families from Game of Thrones. I know, but with a fucking straight face to put that as one of the lyrical themes of your band. <laughs> I know. There we go, Doc. Um, so that's Blood of the Lannisters, anyway. Oh, yeah, I won't be checking those guys out, to be fair. Oh, um, dear Lord. Expendable Youth is up next, and this is by a band called Sanctimony. Here we go. I could listen to that all fucking day. I think that's great. Um, I was thinking, um, I'm not sure the transition to the studio material suits them, but I bet they would have been great to have seen live. Are these guys? I can, I, I can imagine that. I can imagine them filling a Slayer support slot, can't you? Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, these are Latvian, apparently. I'm looking at their at their Encyclopedia Metallum page. Latvian band. Um, I'm not really 
particularly familiar with uh, much metal from Latvia. Call me ignorant. Um, genres, we've got death metal, their early stuff, and then death and roll later. Um, yeah. uh, and I'm a bit of a sucker for death and roll. I know, I know like the, the Cavalt elite fucking hate it, but I am a bit of a sucker for a bit of death and roll. What's not to love about it? Well, you know, it's, it's just death metal with fucking added groove, isn't it? Jesus Christ, you miserable cunts. Yeah, um, uh, I mean, I honestly don't see what's not to love about Wolverine Blues or Club Mondo Bazaar members only. You got it, mate. You got it, mate. Absolutely correct. Yeah, great reference points there, Doc. Um, four albums deep, I think they are at the moment. So, yeah, these guys have been chugging along since 1994, would you believe? Um, and their latest release was 2016. So, yep, you know, they've, they've got some bloody staying power. Let's have a bit more because I really, really like that. I mean, I don't think we're going to learn much more, but it's a fine effort, isn't it? Um, it's interesting for me to hear a song like this being covered by a band whose members probably had, probably all of them had grandfathers who were involved in the exact thing that this song is about. Sure. Um, it's it's always interesting to me when the cultural product of one country that is distant from its subject matter um, finds fertile soil um, in another part of the world where it most definitely does. Um, but the subject matter of this track, I think we kind of agreed at the time. I mean, if, remind me if I'm, if I'm wrong, if, if, if we had like a, a difference of opinion. I thought this track was about kind of like gang warfare, like, like LA's Crips and Bloods and all that kind of stuff. I think we did come to that conclusion. Yeah. Um, I don't think we completely dismissed out of hand that it could be about Soviet incursions into the Balkans either. Oh, you're right, Doc. Yes, yes. Now you've said that. Yeah, uh-huh. that rings a bell. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the the sort of glorious doomed partisans who um, resisted variously Nazi occupation and Soviet occupation, and mm-hmm. you know, um, almost of whom went the way of all glorious, uh, glorious doomed partisans and died in pain, fear and agony. Mm. So do you think maybe that's a reason why this band might have chosen this particular track? Um, if, if something appears to have cultural resonance for you, then it just does, doesn't it? Um, mm. I was reading an article quite recently, uh, completely unconnected to this kind of music. Um, in, I believe, the early 70s, um, Porgy and Bess, the opera from the 1930s, um, had a revival um, and was taken to South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it was a, a cultural artifact that was largely despised in, in, in the US and its country of origin at the time um, for being a, a, a very unreconstructed racist portrayal of the lives of a certain kind of black people. And when it was taken to South Africa, um, the quote I read that the the person who was sort of 
beginning the rehearsals was very apologetic and said, you know, like, look, I feel kind of bad about this. Um, we know that black people don't actually live their lives like this nowadays. Um, and the director of the South Africa, the, the, the production in, in, in Soweto said, well, they do here. Mm. Mm. Um, and stuff that has cultural, I, I don't think you can determine what the cultural significance of something that you make is going to be. Um, I don't know if the song was written about Balkan partisans or not, but if you heard it, um, and you thought that song sounds like it's about Balkan partisans. Well, then it is, isn't it? Sure. Well, that's true. Yes. I suppose your own kind of interpretation becomes your own reality, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, sorry, it went off on one a bit there. That's you know, all right, Doc. It's all right. That, 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 that's why we bought the ticket. Let's be honest. Folks, you know, it's no good um, being as thick as pig shit and twice as ignorant unless you... Uh, show it and admit to it. Um, I said Balkan twice when I meant Baltic. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, um, I should have picked you up on it, but I think it's something that lots, lots and lots of people, including myself, struggle with the differentiation. Um, fucking unforgivable. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Doc, we all forgive you. Don't worry. Don't worry. Um, you ready for the next tune? Yes, thank you. It's Detsky Mask, don't you know? There we go. And it's by a band called Gershak. Here we go. Ooh. At this point, Doc, if I told you that was Slayer, you'd think you were Slayer, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, I would too, yeah. How about that? Here we go. For you to come, I've been here all along. Now that you've arrived, please stay. Stop it! Stop it! Make it stop! I got, I got the docs. Came, I got my computer's being slow. The docs get furious. Go on, doc. What are you saying? Oh, just make it stop. Or no, <laughs> no, fuck off. <laughs> are you refusing this entry, doc? Um, uh, like I've got to find an experience. I, I tell you what, uh, I've got a blunt pencil here, which I'm going to push up inside the end of my penis. Sure, um, I've got to do something to make like listening to this piece of cack somehow doable. <laughs> what? what? You're killing, you're killing me. What, what, what's infuriated you so? Uh, well, it, since when was this a comedy number? I know, I know. It sounds like fucking Vincent Price, doesn't it? Doing like a like a thriller pastiche. But Vincent Price, <laughs> Vincent Price had gravitas and dignity <laughs> and charisma. And when Vincent Price was in the room, and when Vincent Price opened his mouth, you paid attention to him. You didn't start giggling and laughing. Oh, Christ, Doc. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> can, can you search hard for a cover version of Several Little Children by the Smiths that maybe, that's, that's, that's maybe done as a jaunty Irish jig in the style of the Pogues? 
fucking hell. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. <coughs> what do we do? Tommy? Do we press ahead? Or what do you want to do? I mean, when, when, when Brass Eye um, did their, their, their Blue Nose baiting episode um, about the forthcoming production of Sutcliffe the Musical, Oh yes, I bet they never realised that somebody would do that with a completely straight uh, like. Oh, oh Doc, um, you really made me laugh. Um, go on then, another twenty seconds. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, while you while you while you calm down, should I tell you a bit about the band? <laughs> go on then. <laughs> they called they called Gershak. Um, they're from America, but for some reason they put an umlaut over the U. Um, and I must be honest, though, as I, as I said at the beginning of the episode, I haven't listened to any of these things apart from the, the war ensemble one. I saw the name Gershak, and I just assumed this would be like uh, some kind of like frosty, blizzard, fucking battered, raw black metal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Can I tell you? Can I tell you some uh, some funny things about umlauts, mate? Go on, please. What an opener to an anecdote. <laughs> this is actually a follow up to. Uh, so, at the time, I went on cultural exchange to the now defunct country of the the the, the, the Deutsche Bundesrepublik, um, and I was studying German in school. And on one occasion, <laughs> presumably in protestation at my abuse of the German language my teacher handed me back an essay that just had the word use umlauts <laughs> scrawled across it in thick black red, uh, in thick bright red marker. Um, <laughs> and now you do, don't you, over every single you. Every time you write well, a you, you put an umlaut on it. Every time I write a vowel. Yeah, sure. Um, and three different kinds of Scandinavian diacritic as well. That's right. Yeah, and, and I can't resist putting like the diagonal, the diagonal line through O's, just just, just for shits and giggles. Uh, well, yeah, and um, like, why not hang a cedilla on the bottom of every single, um, like, every single letter with a bit of a rounded bottom? Correct. Exactly. Yeah. Um, just make sure people lisp as they're saying it. Yeah, and like probably some of those Portuguese castellations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. What a great word, Doc. Castellations. What a fucking word. Um, so they're from America. They're from San Francisco, no less. So th this is Bay Area shit, man. Um, and genre heavy metal. Um, lyrical themes, we've got none. It just says not applicable. So apparently they've, 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 apparently they've got no <laughs> themes. <laughs> um, and and they've, they've got one album out called Dark Matter in 2017. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> in 2017. Here we go, Doc. These, these people live in San Francisco. Like, how, how do they not have, like, homeless winos and small children pointing <laughs> at them on the street and laughing? <laughs> Here we go, Doc. Let's have 30 seconds. See, let's see, let's see how, your, uh, how your blood pressure is at the end of this. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, they can play, can't they? 
Well, I've just realised what this track is. If I had to describe this band to anyone, um, it's a bargain basement, five quid Vincent Price impersonator on karaoke night. I think musically, it's perfectly acceptable. A bit boring, I suppose, because it's it's so authentic. But that but that 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 voiceover at the start was so misjudged, wasn't it? Just so misjudged. <laughs> God, here we go. Hang on. I have no idea what the vocal style is going to be. Doug. Any predictions? <laughs> um, as like, what would Britney say? Hit me, baby, one more time. I, I just <laughs> here we go. <laughs> The doc is currently holding his head in his hands, chuckling with with with, with kind of with mirth, but also I think fury. <laughs> oh, it puts years on your life, stuff like that. Though. <laughs> oh, doc! Oh, it, 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 oh that's, that's just fucking awful, isn't it? <laughs> um. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> Let's be kind. <laughs> Let's move on from this bad joke before it completely outstays its welcome. All right. You had enough of that one. It's, I'm, I'm starting to feel like I'm laughing at the antics of a drunkard on the last bus home. <laughs> All right. So, um, tracks. I'm, sure I'm, I'm pretty sure I told you about the one I witnessed. I, I, I think I was probably getting the bus from uh, somewhere fairly polite, like Harborn or somewhere like that. Mm. And there's one of these people on the bus. And this was in the days when cell phones were like about the size of a TV remote control, and they had a, a stocky aerial sticking out of the end. Remember those? I do. I did. I, I think um, my first phone was one of those, an orange, yeah. if I if I remember correctly. And he, he was he was like sort of grasping it tenderly, and from time to time he would put the stub of the aerial in between his lips, and then tilt his head backwards until it dawned on him. That the cell phone was not dispensing any liquor. It <laughs> yeah. wasn't a straw <laughs> giving him more vodka. He became enraged, threw the cell phone across the bus, lurched after it, and stamped it into a bloody mess. Oh, Christ. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, duck. Duck, 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 duck. What, 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 what on <laughs> earth are we going to do with uh, Gershak? <laughs> do you, You've given yourself an even bigger problem. How, how the hell are you going to follow that? <laughs> well, we can't follow it. Unfortunately, we can't follow it with Hallowed Point, which is the next track, because we could not find anything appropriate. So we've got to skip that one. And we're going to go on to Skeletons of Society. And this is by a band called Antiquus Scriptum. Here we go. <laughs> 
Christianity is based only on stone souls and lives. And so, of course, every uh, trace of them should be erased. They got my fucking attention, I'll tell you that much. Um, is it known who that, that sound... Uh, I'm assuming that's not like a spoken word introduction. I'm assuming that's not, original, that, that's not an original piece by the band at the beginning. I, I, I just don't know. If I had to guess, I'd say it was uh, good old Count Grishnach. Oh, really? Oh, there we go. I'll tell you what. I would take a guess. I'm going to um, play that again, because that, 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 that gripped me instantly and so ferociously. Let's hear it again. And, and then I'll play it for, for about a minute and a half so we get a feel of the track. How's that sound? Yeah. Christianity is based only on stone souls and lives and so of course every uh, trace of them should be erased non-sarcastic way I really like the fact that it had the same bass intro as Relaxed by Frankie Goes to Hollywood
I don't know if they knew that or if it was intentional, um, mm. but I appreciated it. Um, I have a real soft spot for um, heavily accented Teutonic vocals. Um, yeah. I don't love. I, I don't love creator quite as much as you do, but I, I, I love creator to bits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, oh, uh, it's got something else I love, which is a very tightly tuned snare drum with no snare on it. it sounds you, like say, you say Teutonic vocals, Doc. They're from Portugal. But, Goodness me. But isn't it interesting? Sometimes Portuguese people do sound Eastern European. Um, well, obviously, the the Portuguese, the, the people who speak Portuguese as their first language that we're most familiar with in, 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 in the world of the metal is um, Sepultura from Brazil. Well, that's true. But, 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 but I'm thinking outside of, outside of metaldom, in the real world, um, that, that, that desperately boring place called the real world, um, yeah. you know, prob- one of the most famous Portuguese individuals must be um jose Mourinho, and he he sounds eastern europe he does he does not sound like hispanic or be exactly yeah. iberian he sounds eastern european when he speaks english isn't that interesting it is interesting yes yeah, it's, it's some quirk it's some quirk of, of of the dialect i imagine yeah um, so to, to, to understand you, I understand your comment. I'm surprised how heavy it is. You know, again, based on the name, um, I was expecting kind of blasts of bl- like blizzardanic fury. Um, yes. I, but, I, but, it, but it's quite heavy. I do like massive levels of reverb on a vocal. I'm, 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 I'm a big sucker for that talk. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, I know, um, I was going to say it's no longer fashionable, if indeed it ever was, but yeah, um, I've always loved um, Echo or, 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 or Reverb on Vox. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, obviously from, from long ago, um, I was a big fan of some of the output of Therapy. I was a big, big fan of some of the output of Helmet. Mm-hmm. And anything that's got like that... Um, not overdriven, but just like massively over loud and close mic bass. Yeah. Um, and anything that's got that biscuit tin snare sound in it will, mm-hmm. will, will just immediately get my attention. Well, I, I like that biscuit tin snare drum. And, and that's why I really like Unjustice, you know, but people seem to hate the production of the drums on Unjustice for All. I think, I think really? it's the best, I think it's the best um, drum production on any Metallica album ever for me because it's got that fucking it's got that it just sounds like he's hitting he's hitting the he's hitting the tin he's hitting the tin of family circle not an actual fucking drum
Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I'm not a particular fan of Metallica, but I mean, I, if you if you if there's something about Metallica that you're not going to like, I don't. The, the production on the drum set is not the first thing that would spring to mind. No, but, it, but it's a massive criticism, and it always the has world. been. Yeah, to, of, oh. of that particular album. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. The, the, the drum production is 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 you know top of the list in terms of people's gripes on the album. I don't know what they're talking about. Um, <clears throat> do you want a bit more, Doc, or, or move yeah, on? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm enjoying this one. You know, they, they put their little twist on it. You know, yeah. they're, they're obviously they're obviously a competent band. You know, they know what they're doing. They've got their own style. Um, and they obviously just dig the fuck out of this track and they've decided to do it. Let me tell you something, Doc. They've got eight albums, I think. Good on them. Yeah, Good they started them. in 1998. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, actually. Seven albums. Seven full lengths, and they're still cranking them out. EPs, splits, proper, pro- you know, just a proper fucking underground band, basically. And good for them. Yeah. yeah. It's just one of those bands that I want to love at first sight, but I mean, like, immense amounts of affection at first yeah. at, at yeah. first listen. Yeah. Antiquistrictum um, from Portugal, guys. Go and check them out, because I think they deserve yeah. a little bit of love. Um <clears throat> We've got no temptation, unfortunately. Track eight, temptation. Couldn't find anything suitable for this. Just a bunch of boring bastards in their bedrooms trying to impress the ladies. Fuck that. Um, so, next track will be "Born of Fire," and this is by a band called. Check this. Check this title, Doc, and try to guess the style. Cystic dysentery. Here we go. Okay. Cookie Monster on stage in two minutes. Cookie Monster <laughs> on stage in two minutes. I can't <laughs> help it. I there's, there's a part of me, there's a big part of me that's still 12 years old. And <laughs> I I will just roll over and smile like a well-fed dog um, at like just about any 
carcass impersonator that like dares to wander past me. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go back to, I think, probably about the year 1995 now. Um, and John Peel played two tracks, one after another. One was by Embalmer, um, and the other was by some other band. And I had to describe them both to a friend of mine the day after. And I said, well, imagine if um, the output of Early Carcass, those first two albums, um, had been had, had, like somehow had its DNA split into two separate double helixes. Um, and Embalmer ended up with all the good bits of early carcass, and this other <laughs> band ended up with all of the crap bits of early <laughs> carcass. Um, but you know, it, it's it's another one of the. It, it's deep in my soul. It's deep in my DNA. Um, it's it, it's nice to hear Embalmer. Actually, I haven't thought about that band for a long time. Uh, Embalmer, I, 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 I think the album, an album I really like, and I think it's called There Is Blood. Yes, it is. Um, and um, the, the, the even better follower of the necrofiling cabinet. <laughs> um, I mean, that's just, real. Is that the title of the album? Yes. Wow. That's fucking brilliant. Because yeah. um, I, I think they, they like to sort of position themselves as. Um, not just people who got off on gore, they like to document it carefully and presumably write lengthy reports about it, which mm. I assume were then stored in the necrofiling cabinet. Absolutely brilliant, yeah. Yeah, Dexter as fuck, man. Dexter all over. Brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, um, I like so, this style of music, Doc, but I only like it in short bursts. I can't listen to, a, to like a 45-minute album by Aborted. You know, um, <laughs> for example. But, but give me three tracks of it, like three, like three really great songs, and I really dig the fuck. But, but I do tire of it very, very quickly. So um, you, you wouldn't, for instance, set out on a, on, on, on a drive to Cornwall with nothing but cancer to listen to? No, well, I mean, aborted... It's funny that I picked that band because actually they do have an album that that I think I can listen to for which is which is called uh, I think it's called Gormageddon, the <laughs> Saw and the Carnage Done. The Doctor is in.
well, it mocks Eric Clapton, I think. So, yes, of course it does. Oh, really? Go on, inform. Um, we probably need to do a chow check on this. Doesn't Eric Clapton have a, a, a track called The Needle and the Damage Done? Or... presumed it was a reference i did not know what the reference was um yeah i'll have to check that I'll, I'll, I'll have to check that out but um even if i'm wrong um misdirected scorn in, in in the direction of eric clapton never goes wrong now does it sure um and you know it it, it, it it's a style of music that i think i think it is intended to be it's a bit like a video game in many ways you there are many different types of video games some of them are meant to be played like you know like a 10 minute blast and you're done and others you meant okay. to absorb yourself into the world for three or four hours and this style of music to me is the former um, i once read a review of um i, I believe it was carcass uh, a carcass live show and the reviewer said you know like uh, there's nothing more boring than extremity for extremity's sake yeah and, and yeah. it's I know what he means, but um, sometimes extremity for extremity's sake um, is actually can, can be really, really refreshing. Mm -hmm. um, the people or the bands I find problematic are the people who have this idea that they're so fucking extreme. Yeah. Um, and they're not, I, I mean, I think I'm very, very far from being alone um, in this. I first heard Carcass completely divorced from the context of metal at all. Um, I heard it on John Peel very late at night on a Thursday. <laughs> and it might well have been like in between um, the swell maps and Grab Grab the Haddock or something like that. Um, and just sort of one of those things that I think John Peel is, is still the only person who would dare do this, you know, to talk talking about risking his reputation and his livelihood um, and all of that stuff all at once. And it's like, I'm going to play this track by Carcass. Um, and I think that was in the days when stuff like Carcass was untouchable, even to Headbangers Ball or anything like that, wasn't it? Sure. Yeah. yeah no, 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 I think you're probably right. I, I think the reason I kind of... Um, the, 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 this style gets mi misrepresented. I think people don't hear the groove in it. I think there's a, a shitload of groove in Brutal Death Metal. And Melody. Well, I mean, melody's tougher for me, but definitely groove. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, it it can go wrong pretty quickly when people. I'll, I'll put it this way: it can go wrong pretty quickly when people forget that it should have that part to it. Mm -hmm. Mm. But you know, um, you know, you know, like brutal. You know, there's a fucking, there's a vibe going on there, man. You know, um, there's something happening there. It's all, it's all about rhythm. 
It's all about just, just that G word, man. Just the fucking groove. Let's have 20 more seconds. Here we go. solo doc name that solo i'm kidding of course <laughs> i'm kidding of course um yeah i mean you know it's it, it's brutal death metal doing born of fire and it sounds exactly like you'd expect it to sound doesn't it um yeah and i for one have no complaint now I, I liked it a lot cystic dysentery that's what we call it <laughs> it's just the fucking names as well <laughs> oh god there's there is, of course, a part of me that's deeply, deeply juvenile. Uh-huh. And the more crassly offensive a name is, the, just the, the more it's likely to prickle at the corners of my mouth. Um, <laughs> there's a part of me that's like not even 12 years old. There's a part of me that's still three years old and thinks that poopies and... and, and, and um, uh, uh, they're not even farts at that age. Poopies and pops are funny. <laughs> poopies and pops. <laughs> Do you think... You know, the, the, the city dysentery, that, you know, the, the, the name themselves when they were like 16 or 17 years old, and now they're like 35, 40, and they're, and they're just thinking, you know, we wish we, we, we thought of a different name. Um, but you see, I expect the highly paid marketing consultants have, have, have informed them that um, they need to stick with the brand. Don't break the brand. Don't sure. break the brand. Don't break um, the brand, man. Don't break the brand. Doc, the, uh, you ready for the last track? Yeah. Here we go. So we've got, um, of course, Seasons in the Abyss. And now I think this is the most high-profile band, perhaps, that we've ever played on this show. Hmm. No, that's true. No, no, no. That's, of course that's not true. We, we, we've fucking cut in Beatles samples before now, so I'm talking out my arse. But in, 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 the, um, in the cover special, I think this might be the most high-profile. Um, it's Stone Sour. Well, I think they're quite a big deal, aren't they, Doc? I've never heard of them. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. I thought they were quite a big deal. Anyway, let's find okay. out.
kind of so far, what's the fucking point, I suppose? We always end up talking about this whenever we do a, uh, a covers episode. And I, we, we never sort of really come to a conclusion about it. I have never completely seen the point of doing a version that's so straight and so slavish. Um, it's that that super because... excellently produced. You know, so, see, you, those guys that were doing Spirit in Black, that was a slavish reproduction. But at least it had the charm of being kind of a bit amateurish and lo-fi. Yeah. It doesn't even know that, does he, Doc? You and I have never completely seen eye to eye about this, I don't think. <laughs> um, I've, I've never even bothered, and this could well be because I wouldn't be capable of it, I've never even bothered learning anybody else's songs. Um, I've, I've never seen the point. Um, I can understand why... If you're a much better musician than I am, and like you're a better musician than I am, so maybe you do get the point. I can see the point of wanting to test yourself to see if you can play that song that well. Um, I can see why people do that. No, I, no, I, I get that. I get that in the privacy of your own fucking home. Yeah, I get that. You know, but, but, but actually, kind of put it out as a track. That that that's where I, that that's where I get a, a little bit baffled. Yeah, so I mean, we're we're into a, a sort of area of critical theory, which uh, the, the 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 third mention of German things this evening, mm. um, the fourth if you include Nuremberg rallies, mm-hmm. um, what, <laughs> what Germans call uh, reception's aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's it's criticism based on how your work is received or how you want it to be received. Um, so, for instance, why people who read Goethe um, apparently get stuff out of it that is very, very contrary to what Goethe intended when he wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, when these guys were working very, very hard, and there's no doubt they worked hard and practiced hard and learnt their parts and then rehearsed in the studio and then paid money to have this recorded, why do you think they did it? Uh, is it... Um, there's 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 a line in um, there's a line in Lord of the Rings which is talking about uh, Saruman, uh, the the not quite evilest of all the wizards, um, who's like built his own dark tower. Um, and Tolkien, the narrator, has a good sneer at him, um, and he says um, the tower which he had made um, and improved, or so he thought, upon Barad-dur, which is Sauron's tower, and he says. Mm-hmm. Um, but he realised not that he had made naught but a child's copy or slave's flattery. Sure. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I always, you know, no one is going to listen to this. Um, no one's going to listen to this and think, I prefer this to the Slayer version, because in the end, the Slayer one is still the original. Mm-hmm. Although we yet to hear the vocals, so... Maybe we should press ahead and 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 see what the vocalist brings. What do we think? Uh, well, they've, they've got to improve on ten out of ten, which is what we both gave this track. Wow! Here we go. Thank you. 
digging the fuck, fuck out of it, Doc. But, it, but it, it's just because it sounds like the fucking Slayer track. Oh. It'd pass for the original. You'd yeah. get it past me. Uh-huh. Um, you'd get it past me as like a a remake, a, a later in career remake or an alternate take. Yeah, you, yeah. you'd get it past me. Sure you would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. an alternative... Uh, an alternative version that just didn't quite make the the album, or they re-recorded later on, or yeah, uh, I mean, uh, the production does sound a bit later in history mm-hmm. than the year nineteen ninety, I think. Mm-hmm. But d- d- we're still still waiting for the vocals. Here we go. Process to fuck, but nothing wrong with it, I suppose. Um, I'm just baffled, Doc. I'm baffled by it. Um, if you had done this with one of your side projects and you played it to me, um, I would be a glow and a gog with envy and admiration that someone I know had been able to pull off such a die straight. Um, like almost impossible to detect forgery. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that's it. Um, if you were a painter um, and you'd been able to forge a Renoir um, and you'd taken it along to the owner of a small art gallery, like not, not an expert, the owner of a small art gallery in a small town somewhere, um, and the guy, and, and that that guy, like somebody else with some expertise, had been full of praise for your work and what an excellent copy it was, that I would be in awe of you for doing that. Mm. Um, uh, so it's it's a pointlessly impressive thing to have done, isn't it? Mm. Stone Sour, by the way, I've, I've, I've figured out why, um, you know, they're, they're, they're really well known. It's the other band of the vocalist from Slipknot, Corey Taylor. Okay. There we go. There we go. Yeah, that, 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 that's why they're kind of notorious. Uh-huh. So, I mean, is it is it just admiration from like between peers and equals? Well, I presume so. I presume so. You know, they, they, they dig the song and they play, it and, 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 and we've always said, Doc, that's, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. But it, but it, it's still just a bit mystifying. Make some fucking effort. You know, do, do something different. Give it a twist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, mystifying is, is, is how I'm going to have to leave it. Um, mm. I mean, just like you said, uh, yeah, it's a great track, mm. but then it was the first time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, first, yeah, first pass was, was perfectly fine. Thanks, all the same. Doc, I'm very, very tired. I what 18 hours ago now, I was cleaning poo off my dog's bum. Good um, so fatigue is, is, is kind of kicking in. I think let's draw a line under 
under this particular episode. As always, I really, really love um, our cover special. I think it's, I don't know, it's, it's just a way to kind of cleanse the palate. Also, and I'm going to blow smoke up our arse here, Doc. I don't know of another podcast that does anything similar. So I think it's quite an original idea. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's, it's the pickle ginger of podcasting, isn't it? The pickle ginger. Yeah. So, so you've had something like hot and spicy. Well, and then typically you you've had, let's say, yeah, you've had, let's say, yellowtail sashimi. Um, Here we go. Here we go. You've got the uh, you've got the salmon sashimi coming up. Oh God! Um, and you 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 don't want it sort of overpowered by the strong fish you've just eaten. So yeah, you you, you have something sour and acidic to um, put all of your um, sensing equipment back to zero, don't you? Is that is that is that a bit like having a bite of a Big Mac and then slurp? Of a, of a like a chocolate milkshake before you move on to your your apple crumble. What it's actually more like um, is sucking the diarrhea out of one person's anus before <laughs> guzzling another person's cock. It's more like that. Oh, Just so everybody has got a frame of reference. There we go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and one that everyone can identify with. I'm sure. <laughs> Duck. We kind of at, at the end of our seasons in the abyss odyssey. I've really, really enjoyed it. I love this album so much. I mean, it, it's a strong contender for my favourite album of all time. So far, it's been both of our favourite Slayer albums, um, and we're moving on to like Pastures New very shortly, but not before, of course. Uh, the bonus secret episode, which will come out next week. And which I don't know anything about. You honest. do not. You do not. Um, how do you feel about kind of getting into this kind of not quite, not quite virgin territory for you, but almost? Um, I'm excited and I'm trepidational because I mean mm. it, it really is stepping away from something that I knew, I, I thought I knew pretty well, mm-hmm. into something that I know I don't know hardly at all. Mm. But I have to work on my umlauts. That's all. That's it, mate. Just, 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 Eddie Val just chuck an umlaut above it, Doc. It's yeah. been a genuine pleasure, and we'll hook up again next time for the secret bonus, secret, secret bonus extravaganza bonus secret episode. How's that, Doc? Great. See you then. Bye bye. <laughs>